for our listeners, a content warning. We talk about topics related to the Derek Chauvin trial, Black Lives Matter, police brutality, racism and discrimination, also body positivity, and negative self-image. Please make sure to take some self-care. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Are You There, Love? It's us, Danny and Izzy. I'm Izzy. I'm Danny. We switched it up tonight. Woo. Yeah, I think we switched it up last week, too. Or was that, I don't, was that you? Did we, there was definitely like one or two episodes where you took the reins and gave the little intro. Yeah. Next season will be more equitable. Yes, I want to. I want to attempt a Goodreads summary, maybe, maybe one time. Or you do dumpling summary. No, I did dumpling. No, you did dumpling because we did the um southern accent <laughs> Such that southern. I appreciated. Um, yeah, but this is our season one a wrap up episode. Snaps! Woo, we made it. I won't say the end because this is not the end. It's only the beginning. Yeah, it's the halfway point. I was um watching Big Time Rush on Netflix before, <laughs> before because uh, I was eating dinner um and working on some stuff. Uh, but they have a song called Halfway There, and I think that's relevant because we're halfway through that season one. I also think of um Living on a Prayer by Mr. Bon Jovi halfway there what? i really thought for a second that song was called halfway there but it's no it's living on a prayer i was also gonna say halfway there at first i was like no no that's not what it's called let's get it together for the 80s fans out there 80s i'm pretty sure it's the 80s probably 70s i thought bon jovi was 70s no journey was 70s i don't know i don't really care enough to know <laughs> i think they're fun but yeah, halfway there, uh, season one, a wrap up, as I mentioned. So this is going to be, you know, reflecting back on all of the books that we've covered thus far on season one, a and giving a little hashtag life update. Yeah, we're excited, you know, discussing the takeaways that we previously discussed. We've covered a lot of books. Uh this first half season yeah we did we covered obviously y'all probably caught on to our young adult motif that's the genre we kind of honed in on a lot of them were dealt with some romance or a lot of romance that's kind of our forte vicariously living through our protagonists in these books but yeah we're going to talk about the lessons we learned what we said we were going to work on maybe some updates after we've thought about what occurred in these books more maybe a little bit of criticism kind of whatever comes to mind this will be a very free-flowing episode yeah we'll see what pops up what stuff we didn't get to talk about what stuff we reflected on now with some wisdom of time yeah, it's been a few months. What is it now? It's almost yeah. May. Yeah, well, I was looking back and we released the first episode, I think it was February 13th, because we did it for Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and that was when the last to All the Boys movie came out. That feels like 500 years ago, yet also yesterday. Yeah, it it's weird. We've done a lot of growing, a lot of learning and yeah it feels like so much has changed yet nothing has changed at the same time 
I feel like I've changed. I feel like this is what Danielle has taught me. She's taught me how to be more like business, entertainment, social media, like that sort of professional field. I've definitely developed more skills in that. And I think that's a lot to do with working with Danielle, who's an uber professional. Oh my gosh. I guess that's where all my marketing internships come into play. Definitely dusted off those skills. Yeah, this has been fun to kind of dust off, brush up on those skills and take it in a new direction because before I've said that I ideally would like to pursue an entertainment industry track. So kind of using the skills I've learned in my internships and whatever into this book podcast has been really cool. And it's helped me achieve, I'm almost at my Goodreads goal. My Goodreads goal was only 17 books and I'm at 16 books. So I'm obviously going to knock that down, knock that out. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I had a personal goal of reading 30 books. I'm a little over halfway there. Bringing in that BTR song. Uh, I got to learn the Big Time Rush song so I could sing that for you too. I want to serenade you. I did a TikTok with a Big Time Rush song for Arthur and Ben. I thought it slapped. So people go look at our TikToks. And I, not like I mainly host on TikTok because I feel like you have some solid content. Um, But I, I posted a, I think I also posted a funny TikTok with that, um, like oh my back ate my vatu tip my booty shaking from left to right i did one about oh yeah yeah i saw that one yeah is is he the inspiration strikes izzy i think more often than it strikes me <laughs> but i was little sneak peek i was listening to some share earlier because i love share i haven't i have not had a chance to fangirl about share on this podcast yet but one day Y'all will hear my rant about the amazing woman that she is, but I was listening to Strong Enough, and I was like, I feel like I could integrate this into a TikTok. So watch out. If you like share, it's coming for you. Yeah, I'm enjoying a lot of like the book talks with the audios, like, oh, like put a finger down if your book, if like you've read this book or whatever. Those ones are nice. I like those ones. Mm-hmm. I like, we recently did, um, the one that was like, get to know the book talker. And it was questions like, what was a series that you enjoyed in middle of high school? That's okay, hard. Nostalgia read. That was hard, but I really enjoyed doing that. And I like watching those because it, it sh- helps you get to know the person, but also can give you a million book recs at one time. Yeah, I know. And now that I have my new bookshelf up and I honestly – Tonight, I just redecorated my entire room in preparation for Danny coming to visit me. Um, yes, I'm driving up to Boston this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, reunited and it feels so good. But yeah, no, I redecorated my room. So when I was redecorating, I'm like, what would also give me more space to do TikToks and like be aesthetically pleasing for my TikTok background? So... Oh, yeah. I purposely turned on the lights in my window yesterday when I recorded one of them and had my little plant back there. I'm a plant mom. I have two plants in here. Ooh, you're going to see all my little plant babies. There's only one that's named, and it, their name's Claudine. Oh, Claudine. I love that. I haven't named my plants. The only inanimate object I have right now with a name is my car, my Volkswagen Beetle. Her name is Blanche. Blanche is in California. Yes, Blanche is in California. She's the baddest lady out there. She's great. I love riding her. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, You dirty. You dirty. Uh, 
It's funny because when I say something dirty, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just, or like raunchy. It's like, oh, yeah, that's just Izzy. But then when Danielle says something like saucy, I'm like, I feel like it's one of those things, not that I'm not raunchy a lot, but I I sometimes reserve myself. And then when I do it, I'm like, whoa. Also, my nice person, like sweet person, baby face. Sometimes people are like, whoa, that just came out of your mouth? Whoa. Yeah, I think people understand more when they say when not my raunchiness, but more of my sassy side. When I tell them I come from a giant cutthroat Hispanic family and I have two older brothers, like then they're like, I feel like they understand more why I'm mm-hmm. like so cutthroat. I'm at like a oh god, there's a, an obscure Hannah Montana reference. So Hannah Montana, the TV show, had a bodyguard named Roxy, and like her whole like tagline was like Roxy's like a puma, and I'm like I'm like a puma. I strike. Is he like a puma? Roxy yeah. was good. I remember that. As soon as you were saying a bodyguard, I was like Roxy like a puma. <laughs> it's like ingrained in my brain. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. back on track. So we said we were gonna do a little little big deep dive into all the books we did this season so we should go over the books really quick and then dive into the first one mm-hmm. really, i'm singing a lot tonight i know me too and i have a terrible singing voice which i was bullied in high school for so yeah that's a sad story i have to d- dive more into my high school background maybe next half of the season there's a lot of trauma and stories there but, you know, I'm out here still singing along. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get more confident. I mean, when when Denny comes this weekend, we know we're going to be blasting Fearless on the top of our lungs. So, Oh, yes. We're having a Taylor Swift dance party. I texted Izzy about that earlier in the week, and I was like, it's a must. Also, we need to dance to Katy Perry's Teenage Dream because it's meant to be. That's what yeah. has to happen. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, let's quickly recap the books we did. I think we covered six or seven books. We did, okay, we did the To All the Boys by Jenny Han. Concrete Rose and the Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. American Panda by the Glorious Gloria Chow. Yes. Um, Was What If It's Us next? What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli mm-hmm. and Adam Silvera. Mm-hmm. Again, but better by Christine Riccio, fellow BU alumnus. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that was, I didn't count my fingers. That was like six, seven books. We're bad at math. We're book readers, you know. I, I did almost fail statistics at BU, so it's mm. proven. I cried a lot over my epi and biostats class in my major or my master's program. Not great. I had a mental breakdown and I almost failed my health economics of healthcare, but i was forced to take economics of healthcare, so it's not my fault um but i did pass with a with a decent grade um these get degrees just counted though we did seven books seven books so seven beautiful books by seven beautifully diverse authors so to all the boys Yes, what are your thoughts on To All the Boys? I already know your thoughts, but you got to hack them in for the audience. So basically, if any takeaway, I hope the listeners get from this conversation around To All the Boys is that John Ambrose McLaren is bae. I will stand by him. 
and yeah, just a John Ambrose McLaren stan. I I understand where you're coming from. I I'm here for Peter K though for Lara Jean, but John Ambrose was a very nice boy. And you want to know what? If I met him in real life, I'd be a fan. But I'm still here as a Peter K stan. It's not like I'm not a Peter K stan. I just like I root for the underdog underdog as an underdog myself um maybe you gotta do it doggy style underdoggy style (laughs) (laughs) we're literally wild tonight yeah and yeah i mean i just hope my john ambrose mclaren second choice justice club squad movement yeah you know the second choice squad and that's what I'm going with. Um, oh, I hope that yes. continues and people take away that to not. I also maybe it's more like I feel like also this happens in shipping wars a lot that it's like one person or the highway. Like people don't have the space yeah. to like at least acknowledge how this relationship could fit. And maybe it's just I want acknowledgement, some recognition that. John Ambrose McLaren was a viable option for Lara Jean and that, you know, people can ship who they want to ship. I agree. And I I think John Ambrose deserves his laurels. He deserves his crown. And I think he got that because she wrote out a bunch of letters and he's the only one that kind of got the side. Well, I mean, Josh got a side narrative too. But I think John Ambrose in the end was a good character. And I... I feel the second choice club hard. So I I understand. Well, I feel like that also comes full circle. Like, I mean, we'll talk about again, but better, like a little bit later, but like, you know, that second choice squad, Shane kind of feels like a second choice to pilot's girlfriend. Yeah. To pilot's girlfriend, but also that whole situation. I mean, pilot's stupid, but we'll get to that. We talk about again, but better. Uh, I feel like the overarching theme really into all the boys I love love before, at least in the first one, uh, the whole theme of unrequited crushes, I'm still here for this whole first love narrative. Izzy and I were talking about this book before shout out to readerly for letting us on their platform. We were writing a review to all the boys. Um, I don't know. There, it, this book just gives me the warm and fuzzies. There is really no other YA book like it. When I try to think of another kind of rom-com sort of book to compare it to, I really don't have any. I feel like this book's pretty unique in its storyline. It's not your average Joe kind of romance, you know, and I respect that. Yeah, what I appreciate about this, and I'll never forget that I saw a panel of authors through this company or this organization called Fierce Reads. Um, They do a lot of like diversify your bookshelf and support a lot of BIPOC, you know, queer authors, but they had a panel and one author, Alex London, who has the series Black Wings Beating, highly recommend great series, great mythology behind it. But he said that a trope won't be overused until every marginalized community can see themselves in this type of trope and into all the boys you see this like fake dating trope you know this kind of 
friends to lovers sort of situation and a love triangle and those are kind of stereotypical YA rom-com-y tropes that you see but it's done in such a way where you get the this type of representation of Laura Jean as Korean-American you know uh, white and Korean ethnic girl so I really appreciate that and the fact that it's so widely popular and widely uh, revered is great especially as Jenny Han as an Asian author and Asian authors are highly unrepresented in the publishing world and the book world like that's phenomenal and mm-hmm. I think that's also what I appreciate about the book is that people can relate to it but also can um be exposed to this narrative that they may not otherwise and this book kind of starts a movement and I appreciate that yeah I totally agree I think I mean the thing with the Jenny Han to all the boys series that's kind of wild is I remember the series has always been I feel like pretty popular from the start and Mm -hmm. then the Netflix series happened and seeing how it kind of took over was so wild and again someone from the AAPI like a minority BIPOC person to basically be dominating this whole genre of rom-com was so crazy you know and then through that artists actresses like Lana Condor got to come up and I mean she did stuff before that but to all the boys really kind of skyrocketed her up there and just uplifting other Asian people too by the extension of this mm-hmm. fandom was also great. So that's cool to see. Yeah. And um now Jenny Han's t- um the Summer I Turn Pretty series is going on Amazon Prime as a series. So that's exciting too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh going back to some of our takeaways, I feel like some of my takeaways was like writing more kind of I think also my main takeaway was like wanting to save these first and these special moments um I'm working on that I'm not gonna say I'm 100% doing it all but I feel like I've definitely been trying to write more reflect a little bit more um saving my first I mean does and we'll talk about expand on this more like savoring my first moments on a dating app does that count (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's progress I mean I think that's progress and I mean as we've all experienced this whole wild pandemic throughout the past year or so it's been hard to kind of branch out and meet other people and do things and especially a romantic pursuit is difficult uh, if you're adhering to guidelines or, you know, just doing your thing. I mean, even if you aren't like adhering to these guidelines, like this year took a mental toll on everyone. So just moving at your own pace and kind of not guilting yourself too to like, if you feel pride in the fact that you got on a dating app and you feel good about it, like that's something to be proud of. So we're here for it. And I personally feel this whole, I thought this was a great way to start our book-based relationship podcast because another thing that Izzy and I bonded over when we first were kindling this friendship uh, besides the books was kind of always being the perpetually single people and all the boys we liked never like us back. 
so it was kind of cathartic to have this unrequited love conversation, especially uh, personally, because, you know, it is what it is. My takeaway is I also was like, oh, I want to journal more. Uh, Well, I have journaled. I think I've been lacking on the journaling. I need to start up again. I always find that I go to my journal when, like, everything hits the fan, you know, and I think I just need to be more regular about it. Uh, what else did I say on my takeaways? Oh, I was like, don't be afraid to be yourself. Everybody will love you just the way you are. Something I'm still working on because I overthink everything, but we're getting there. And um, to Izzy's sentiment, I also re-downloaded the apps. So... <laughs> <laughs> we don't slow progress. Baby steps, day to time. We're about to be let free. It's going to be hot girl summer. We got big plans. Anyway, on to the next book, right? Yeah, the next, I mean, I guess we can not like smush them together, but talk about them simultaneously of The Hate You Give and then Concrete Rose, which we covered in our bonus episode. That's talking about the beautiful Carter family. Um, Star Carter, who witnessed is the brutal killing of her friend Khalil by the cops and Concrete Rose covers the story behind star's parents um and their relationship and that also deals with um death gang violence violence by the police police brutality and that is still resonant and probably will be still relevant to bipoc people's experience And I think this also comes at a very hard time for a lot of the BIPOC community and other people who give a damn about human rights. With the Derek Chauvin trial, the small type of accountability that was given to the BIPOC communities, the fact that it took this long to convict someone who obviously was guilty is disgusting and it shows the messed up ways our legal system works and more murdering of BIPOC youth by the cops as well recently has been really disturbing and always will be disturbing. Yeah. I think especially with the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, Derek Chauvin's trial specifically was the fact that a lot of people were kind of holding their breath if he was even going to be held accountable, you know, and actually found guilty, which is kind of crazy. And back to reading mm-hmm. the experience of reading The Hate You Give, I think it's just such an important read. It always, it has been since its release. I remember always seeing it everywhere. People were saying, like, this is a perspective we need in the book world mm-hmm. and beyond because it's, a credible account of like what is happening out there and it's by a female black author if you want a book detailing a youth experience as a black female like this is it so I think that was a great way to read it and then obviously in this era the past year it's been I mean it's always been rough well now like, people are starting to actually now it's give like shit about on the stage people and like as yeah someone from a BIPOC family. Yeah. Like, thank you for actually caring about 
our well-being, especially like people who are claimed to be allies. Like now, yeah. it's great to see them take a more engaging approach to activism and allyship. But it's also kind of like you know we've been he- here and people who are marginalized have been here trying to fight for their survival. So it's like it's nice, but also like you know, yeah. Why did it take this long? Yeah. And sometimes I think. I'm like, if we weren't all stuck in our houses for the past year, would this have been kind of like a blip on everyone's timeline like it has been before, you know, mm-hmm. or or people forced to reckon with this because that's I mean, it was COVID and they had nothing else I mean, to do. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, like, you know, like all of it was happening and it was either COVID or that on the news. And it's like, would. I mean, these stories should have been getting the time of day before. And it's like, is it, was it getting the time of day now? Because there was, quote, nothing else happening, you know? Yeah. No, that's completely valid. And I don't think people would pay much attention if it wasn't one of the main headlines in the news. And it was, it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but when I didn't realize until. Biden was inaugurated how much weight and like I was it was like for the past four years of the last administration I was holding in a breath like an anxious like scared breath Mm -hmm. and that sort of loosened a bit when Biden was inaugurated and then with the uh, with the trial recent oh sorry that's my desk um with the trial recently like that feeling of like holding your breath and like waiting and like the pit in your stomach of like how systematically racist our legal system is are they gonna like basically prove two plus two equals four aka like Chauvin murdered Floyd and thankfully luckily I don't even know if those those are the appropriate words it went the right or like this is it he was convicted of murder mm-hmm. in, all, in all three accounts but it's still like people who don't have the skin color that I do you know they or the the um, privileges that I have they're holding their breaths perpetually and like I mean I can kind of empathize with that to a certain extent but I will also you know never understand fully but you know it just part of our takeaways were was being better about being anti-racist every single day and working towards a more equitable society and uh, mm-hmm. so I think that's still a takeaway that we both hold to ourselves and stuff that we're still actively working at yeah I mean it's <laughs> to dismantle racism in the society it's always going to be a work in progress and like Izzy said I mean I'm a white person so mm-hmm. I'll never yeah. understand what it's like but I mean the least we can do is be good allies and mm-hmm. call out people who are still awful racist people and educate ourselves and educate others and we've been doing that we've been trying to do that and you know on to hopefully better things and a better tomorrow yeah um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So moving on. On that note. On that. On that. Uh, on that note. 
Dumplin'. Book number three or three or four. (laughs) I think it's episode four, but like technically it's the third book we read. Yeah. Or technically the fourth. Well, no, it was To All the Boys, The Hate You Give, Concrete Rose, then, uh, yeah, technically the fourth. Yeah. So, Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. This was a Danny pick. Uh, The things I have to say about this book. Ah! This movie is one of my comfort movies on Netflix. It's one of my comfort books. It's just so wholesome. I have no issues with this book. I mean, I think I said this in our Dumplin' episode where the first time I read it, I definitely... The first time I read it compared to now, I definitely thought it was a little smuttier. But maybe I've just gotten older and my bar of smut has been raised. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. But bold for how much smut you have <laughs> expanded. Yes, that's I guess that's what happens when you get older. But I love Bo and Willow Dean. I definitely Izzy always says she wanted the big sweeping kiss, and I agree with that sentiment. But I like the way their relationship turned out, and I really love the themes behind the female role models. We love Dolly Parton, country music. This book was perfect for me. It's such a cute, like, light read. Read it in a day. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. We talked a lot about body positivity and how we're... I'm trying. I mean, my health as I've talked about, hashtag stool status coming your way. I mean, my body still hates me. But I'm trying to love my body. I feel like, you know, trying to be more body positive in my self-love and my love of other people is something I'm working on. And, you know, it's hard when you have a chronic condition like I have, which is weird for me to even admit because who thought, perpetual diarrhea could be a chronic condition but it is um I mean along with other symptoms but I mean I mentioned I think on another episode I forget that I am scheduled to a colonoscopy and endoscopy later this month uh which will be exciting and I think that helps a little with like the body positivity and kind of taking active steps to feel better about myself um, I just bought this really cute pair of leopard print leggings. Yeah, she rocked them. She showed them to me on a video call. Yeah, and I feel like that's a very dolly move. Um, yeah. And a lot of people at work were complimenting me, which made me feel really good about myself. But also the people at work are super, super kind and free with their compliments for good. Stuff like that. And I, I was feeling myself. And I've been recently, yeah, with like buying just even like new clothes or like, putting on those like red shoes yes. or whatever like that quote that is um we love to hear it we're getting there yeah i agree i've definitely been feeling myself more recently i bought a new bikini the other day for hot girl summer <laughs> i almost died it was so freaking cute on you um, we do a little fashion shows to each yeah. other we're so <laughs> we're supportive <laughs> we're okay yeah supportive um, yeah we're Again, that's another thing that's a work in progress, but I I feel like this past year, again, I've had so much time, like, with me, myself, and I, where I've just been forced to, like, look at myself. I would be in a thruple with you yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a fun time. Um, But yeah, 
I I think it's gotten better. And Izzy and I have both been running recently. And I think yeah. the running has really helped me feel good about myself. And I never mm-hmm. was a runner type. I mean, I played basketball like for a lot of big chicken. Really? Of You're not a runner? Because you've been running through my dreams. Oh my gosh. She's making me blush. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but before when I would run, it would just be a horrible task and I'd be out of breath and it was not fun times. And now I'm running. And I'm like, Ooh, I feel good. I have y'all. I have a Spotify playlist. It's called if it ain't me dancing woman in tango dress kind of thing. Emoji flex arm emoji, then smirky purple devil face emoji. That's what it is on my Spotify. Find it. Uh, Cause your girl has 10 followers right now, and I only know who two of them are. So it must be pretty poppin'. There's a lot of Dua, a lot of Megan the Stallion, and it just makes you feel good. It makes me feel good. And when I'm running, I'm like, I can do anything when I listen to this. Yeah, I went running earlier, and I was listening to Dua and Meg the Stallion. Maybe I'll follow. I don't follow. I feel bad. So maybe I will follow. Oh God, please, you'll be lucky number 11. Yeah, I know. And as things are reopening, like I've been debating going and back and joining a gym that or so this one, I feel like I always say like, when something's slightly expensive, I'm like, this sounds so bougie, but this is bougie. There's this program called Barry's Boot Camp, and it's nationally cost, I believe, nationally and internationally, but it's this very intense high interval training program. And it's kind of expensive, but I ha- I did it before the pandemic. It was something that I kind of splurged on. And I got in tip-top shape. I was like rock hard, stomach, my legs were toned. And I've been thinking, it's pricey, but I've been thinking about restarting it, especially since I'm fully vaccinated and they're still doing limits and capacities and mask wearings within the gyms. So I'm thinking about starting it or doing like joining a gym for weight training and different exercise classes. Um, But we'll see. I mean, it's my comfort level. Like, even though I'm fully vaccinated, I still get really, like, anxious about Mm -hmm. people not wearing masks. And I try to do my best to make sure my anxiety is, like, quelled and I'm doing everything in my ability. But besides the point, you know, I just want to feel more empowered. And even though running has been helping, I think I want to kind of take it one step further than that and I know like I can't I'm not like really good at exercising or weight training or like doing body weights like by myself Mm -hmm. and nor do I have the equipment and or the space in my apartment so yeah and if you have the means to I think that's definitely a good thing to spend money on if it'll help you feel good and I I've been working on reframing my exercise regimen workout routine at least trying to frame it and like I want to be stronger instead of it having to do with like a weight thing or whatever like I just want to be fit take care of myself you know so that could be fun and I've when I've done like reading on exercises and like being a healthier person um a lot of things I've read are like don't overdo cardio like you should definitely have a mix of kind of weight training muscle like stuff stretching and cardio because you could definitely like overexert yourself if you only stick to like running kind of again cardio sort of dealios so yeah definitely the stretching my I have a very physically active job at a grocery store 
I need to, I've learned to take more care of my body. So again, another so many works in progress here, but we're doing good. I think it works in progress doesn't mean we need like big steps. Tiny steps are fine. And I think we've been taking good tiny steps. Yeah. And like any movement's better than no movement. Yeah. Exactly. We're a glass half full kind of gal. Gal. Well, so I'm I'm a glass half empty. But we're converting you to glass half full. Ish. Anyway, yeah. we should probably move on. Uh so moving on from our body body positivity conversations and Bowen Willadine ships. We have American Panda by Gloria Chow. This was a fun one to do in my opinion. Uh, I'm glad. I think out of all of the books that we read, I don't say I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed this book the most, but I'm glad we. Co- I'm most glad we covered this book. I think I feel similarly. I I was here for the Boston nostalgia, uh, since we are Boston University alumni. That was fun, and I just think Gloria Chow. I mean, obviously, reading more about her as an author and reading American Panda, you see that May and Gloria obviously have, um, there were things taken from Gloria's real life into May's life. And I think it's an inspired story of this Asian American woman who wants to pursue a dream other than what her parents have laid out for her and kind of having the courage to, or not courage, but you know, I guess it's courage of finding your own path blazing your own way to fight for what you want and do what you want and to go somewhere like MIT and be studying to be a doctor and then writing a book like that's so cool and it goes to show that yeah. you, like it's never too late and I feel like that's what I need right now like in my young 20s where I'm like I have no clue what the heck's going on right now to know that like not all these doors are closed you can do whatever you put your mind to in the end like if you if you try to do it you can you can do it you know yeah I felt most inspired by May out of all of our protagonists but I liked her relationship with Darren the least out of all the relationships we've covered it had a potential it just wasn't it wasn't built well it it was very skim the surface as a debut novel, like I think it's a really good a good choice. And I think more people should be reading Gloria Chow. And her I mean, I mentioned this in the in the episode, but her other book, Rent a Boyfriend, like that's totally up my alley. Especially the fake dating, fake relationship trope and the cultural aspects of AAPI representation. We always will support. So uh, next book, I think this this one might be not the underdog in my opinion, but before I read when we proposed doing What If It's Us by Becky Albertalli and Adam Silvera, I was like, okay, whatever. In the beginning, I was like, okay, whatever. And then I kept reading and I was like, this book, this is it. And I got all the like little butterflies, warm and fuzzies. I was here for Ben and Arthur as a couple. They were so cute. I thought the pacing was really good here. You know, sometimes when it's two authors doing this co-write, not that I get a little worried, but I'm like, oh. There's definitely tonal differences. Yeah, I'm like, but well, this one was very, like, you know. It was very seamless. 
for sure. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, and I, I really felt felt for Arthur because I felt like him many times. Like he's just so like awkward and like new to it all and his little Broadway nerdiness and you know he's like I mean even Ben called him extra and I was like yeah but like in the best way like he's so wholesome and cute and chipper yeah I've definitely called you extra (laughs) I've been called extra by a few people but not in a bad way it's more like a like an like extra extra I would read all about it yeah not that I'm bragging about myself but uh, it's extra in like the bubbly way. Like I, my personality is very much there. So, yeah. Um, I just want to mention for this book, I feel like a bad person. Not like a bad person. I have failed my community, uh, my Latinx community, by not acknowledging more of Ben's uh, Puerto Rican heritage. And I don't know how this. Is, uh, I, I don't know. I apologize. Because one of my favorite parts of this book that I didn't really talk about the last time we covered this book was that Ben feels the same way that I was feeling or do feel about my heritage and my ethnicity that, you know, people don't automatically assume he's Puerto Rican because the way he looks and he doesn't speak fully Spanish. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, I talk about my multi-ethnic background, but... I mean, I look white and get perceived in a certain way, and that's frustrating because you're making assumptions about me and also disregarding the fact that the Latinx Hispanic community is diverse and beautiful and all different shapes, sizes, colors, credences, yada, yada. So this is my acknowledgement of that and this wonderful nature of this book. And actually, it was... My friend who I work with on Instagram made like a post about like kind of people think all Latinx Hispanic people look the same. We don't. We're different. We're diverse. We're beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't make assumptions. Respect people's yeah. backgrounds. And thank you for, and I think this is mainly, this is where Adam Silvera's influence as a writer comes in because he's also Latinx. Um, so thank you, Adam Silvera, for thank you, Adam Silvera, for all the people who don't feel Latinx because they don't fit people's stereotypes. Thank you for saying that's bullshit. That was so well said, beautifully spoken. But yeah, I I feel that I liked that. That was good, and I I think a lot of that resides in again people unwilling to educate themselves. Which mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. Um, also, I mean, we can't, for some reason, we can't stop talking about the Here to Us cover reveal, too. I don't know. I just, I'm just in love. I guess, that, yeah, like you were saying, this was the underdog. This was, like, more like the unexpected underdog. Yeah. And, like, knowing that the second, like, the preparation, the epilogue at the end of What If It's Us preparing for the second book later this year oh I'm so excited and I not I wasn't expecting to like it but I don't wasn't expecting to like it this much so definitely we'll stay tuned and want to read more of Adam Silvera's work specifically in the future winky winky (laughs) (laughs) winky yeah hint hint um 
So yeah. And onward, our last book of season one A was Again But Better by Christine Riccio. <laughs> Shall it be you, alumnus? I wrote alum in one of the captions and I was like, damn it, it's alumnus. Plus, I need to do that again, but better. (laughs) It's all a learning curve. Everything gets confusing. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, Bew alum. Uh, This was a cute read, uh, but I mean, we said we had messy. Yeah, it was it was kind of a messy book. You want to? I didn't. I didn't think there was going to be the whole time travel element when I was reading it at first. Mm -hmm. So when we were getting halfway through, and um pilot and shane were on the rocks and i was like what the heck's gonna happen next like i don't know and then the whole time travel thing happened i was like whoa that was interesting but the whole relationship between pilot and shane i'm happy that she stood up for herself the second go around and was like just break up with amy if you want to be with me that's my thing people make things so complicated sometimes and i'm like if you don't want to be with them why are you with them or if you want to be with someone like be with them i mean i know life is messy and complicated but uh, just frustrates me anyway also pilot like no no like he's shady from day one that he did not say he had a girlfriend and he was up out here flirting with shane like hands on the waist no sir get off that was (laughs) so no that was like the most I mean, we talk, I talked about, like, feeling deja vu about the study abroad experience because we had similar experiences um, because we both went to the same school. But the most deja vu experience I got was reading Pilot's character. Because tell me, Pilot is not a BU West frat boy, probably is in CAS or CGS <laughs> or Questrom School of Snakes. Um, which is question of school business. But he's every like fratty white boy at Yeah, BU. and things you get away with, like whatever. And and he probably lives in West Campus. Oh, Stubie too. Sorry, Danielle. He definitely lives in Stubie too. And the thing that I this is a problem with not a problem with me, but like my thing is giving people sympathy, I guess, when they don't really deserve it. Because the I when I was reading it, I like shipped Shane and Pilot and when no i did too in the beginning i did but then when he found out he had a girlfriend i'm like i mean bro but even with like the girlfriend when the girlfriend's revealed i found myself not mentally villainizing her but like i was still shipping shane and pilot so hard i was like just break up with her just break up with her just break up with her if you want to be with shane and obviously like he did want to be with shane in some capacity that they both they both were aware of his girlfriend and they were both engaging in flirtatious behavior. And I also, maybe this is just me and my hopeless romantic thinking everything's clear cut. And I'm like, you should just broken up with her and been with Shane. I keep saying that, but I guess life is messier (laughs) than that. And I also expect people to maybe like not cheat on people they care about and like, you know, be decent humans. But again, uh, life is messy and people make stupid choices. So pilot's stupid yeah i think pilot's stupid and the more that i reflect on the book like shane is i don't see shane is stupid because you're supposed to like the main and you don't have to like the main character but i don't know we talked about like the relatable not relatable conflict we had i think it was a solid debut novel but the more nuances of the book felt flat Mm -hmm. for me and like what we said like what it was marketed as 
didn't hit the mark with yeah. us. So the more yeah. I think about it, the saltier I get, I think. Yeah. And again, as we talked about in the original episode, I think as I keep talking about being annoyed about the whole Shane and Pilot situation, I think the overarching thing that kind of made me a little salty is that again, like as he said, it was marketed a certain way and that way was this is for all the people who feel behind and you know haven't kissed anyone yet haven't had a boyfriend yet that whole to do and then like five pages into the book shane's out there like with this boy who is already like canoodling with her and i was like what happened for all the people that this doesn't happen to yeah i mean someone can come canoodle my noodle i I would love to canoodle your noodle (laughs) one day soon. But I mean, if we're going to talk about canoodling noodles, we are, we are, as we said, a book-based relationship podcast. And we said we'd give you a little tidbit into our own romantic lives. If y'all want to hear about that. Uh, Well, we have no choice unless they exit right now, but. I yeah, hope I don't. hope you don't because we also like. <laughs> I mean, maybe Izzy doesn't need advice, but I also would like advice because I'm horrible at this. The dating apps. I don't know. How has your experience been on the dating apps? Well, yeah. I mean, I think one thing about this podcast it did get me back on the dating apps, and like Danielle's been promoting this quote unquote hot girl summer every day. Every day, I'm I fine. say hot girl summer. <laughs> yeah, I I'm trying to like exude that hot girl energy you know faking it until we're making it actually it was Daniela was on hinge and then inspired me to get on hinge but I think I've been a little bit more active than Danielle oh yes yeah oh yeah should I tell my story should I have my hinge story oh yeah yes tell your story please okay so yeah I got back on the apps and I think <sighs> prepare yourselves guys buckle in you know I did meet someone through I feel like I should meet him I mean we yes. met, I don't know what I, we 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 have talked we we engaged on Hinge conversation we exchanged phone numbers and now we're going on a date and I want all the updates and our listeners want all the updates this is very exciting Izzy's the first one between the two of us to actually go on a date with someone from an from a dating app so yeah this is uh, an I'll be like the the launching off point for Hot Girl Summer. Yes, it all it all starts with you. It resides in your hands. Well, I hope it goes well. I mean, I obviously haven't had the date yet, but it's scheduled. Um, also, I mean, we scheduled the date and like haven't talked since. I don't know if that's like sus or not. Also, I'm like hella busy, so yeah. And I think, I mean, not that I want to stereotype again all guys, but I feel like guys are like usually bad texters. And not, to, I always fall into the same patterns, but I'm going to do it again anyway. Not to quote Nicole Byer again. But <laughs> you had to. I had to for talking about dating, especially. She's always like, like, I don't want to text someone all the time to create this false sense of intimacy. Like, I just want to meet them. So maybe like yeah. if the date is set, y'all are just like you it's I think it's kind of nice that you have the date set you're gonna go and there's not this pressure to keep up the texting and I think part of the fun is getting to know someone and like in person so why do it all over text message and you roll up in person and then you have nothing really to say or you know 
yeah, I think it was cute because um, one of the things that attracted me to, like, give this person my number, I mean, he kind of cutely suggested we should go out for lunch. And I was like, oh, haha, like, sure. And then he was direct and was like, let's plan this. And, like, those action words, those action verbs really get me. And then when we were trying to schedule this date, he... I think this is the most romantic thing ever. He sent me a screenshot of his Google Calendar. Oh my god, wait, yeah, you sent me a screenshot of that text that yeah. I was like, wow. Well, don't expose me that I, I mean, everyone just sends screenshots. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I find that really attractive because I'm like, you're a person that means business. Yeah, Google well, Calendar, is, I live religiously by my Google Calendar. And the fact that you're willing to expose yourself like this and pencil me in. And then we did this cute little back and forth being like, uh, and I was like, oh, um, he was like, I'll pencil you in. I, was like, I feel honored. And I was like, I'll do the same. He was like, I feel honored myself. And I was like, oh, well, I, so I think it says a lot too that he also kind of, I think it's nice that he wanted to get to the point and, like, meet you because I think a lot of times on dating apps, people kind of end up just, like, texting with someone for a while and then it fizzles out or they never actually get to the date. It's just kind of this weird void where nothing ends up happening a lot of the time. So it's nice he did jump to it. And I also think him having, like, Google Calendar, like, put together. I don't know if this is because the bar is so low, but, like, guy <laughs> having his life together and, like, organize on a google calendar is such a turn on because it's like wow you moderately have it together right now don't you oh yeah and but my only fear is that i mean i'm glad he's penciling me in um my only fear is that like this day is like still like a week away we made the date last week so it was like, two weeks out at this point um is he gonna forget even if he penciled in is he gonna forget if he's just like, organized to have a google calendar i don't think he's gonna forget i mean i'll remind him yeah, you should have said the day before to confirm. I think that's normal to do. People are like, oh, we still on for tomorrow? Or like yeah, and then, text him or something. Yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of other anxieties of like uh, just being a woman, meeting someone for the first time, you know? Uh, or, I mean, anyone, but like the gendered aspect to it of like, you know? I mean, oh, obviously yeah. I always have my, my location on but like who is this I don't really know this person so I'm like okay well like, what public setting can we do and like okay well the obvious like we suggested lunch but also I can't really eat anything because my body is collapsing on me so it's like oh how do I not like get around it but like how do I not embarrass myself I'm, I mean but it's also I'm pretty open about my hashtag stool status and hashtag tummy troubles but I, I don't know. I want to, I don't want to be like out. Maybe it's my anxiety. It's like, because with other people, I'm usually not like shy about sharing my problems. But yeah, for some reason, I feel like a little bit like I don't want to be like, oh, we can't go to a restaurant because I'm going to have a massive diarrhea if I eat anything, you know? I feel like I don't want to turn him away because I'm like, if he isn't open for me to discuss that openly, is he even worth it? I feel like. I mean, there's two sides to that coin of like you could ease into it or you could just be blunt from the get go because also that's like a natural bodily function and like 
yeah, if you're going out to eat, like you don't want to screw yourself. So you should be honest yeah. or at least maybe just beat him to beat him to like it. And you suggest a place or suggest maybe like, yeah, take the control. My coworker suggested that we do coffee or like a drink. Yeah. Like- I was going to say something more like not as commitment as sitting down for a meal somewhere. Yeah. Like a coffee and it, like a coffee shop, maybe with, food options and then you could just get like a tea or something and then if he wants like a sandwich or something he could get it yeah but then is it awkward if like i'm just sitting there with my tea and he's just like chomping down on a sandwich and i'm like not that it's awkward but i'm like well then if he actually should be like oh like you could just say oh like i'm not feeling that good or oh i have a dietary thing or something oh, yeah, i mean i have hella dietary things but it's just gonna be weird it's like weird to navigate and i'll keep you updated it'll be exciting though yeah definitely keep me dash the pod updated i think it'll be good if anything it's an experience to have under your belt i mean a lot of my friends not a lot of my friends but my friends who like have done the apps or like gone on many dates because it seems there are my friends who like miraculously like just found a boyfriend didn't have to like go through the whole finding a needle and haystack <laughs> dealio and then i've had other friends who have had to not had to but like been on the dating app circus ring before and it's a learning experience a lot of trial and error not to say that this will be like you got to pay your dues before you find a good one but it'll be an experience i think it'll be a positive one overall even if like something goes awry like you did it, and I'm proud of you, you know, for doing it. I'm proud of myself, too. I hope this manifests good energy. I hope I'm an inspiration to you. <laughs> you are. You are. I think it's it, – no, but, like, it's definitely motivating me. So, uh, update, I guess, everyone. I'm going back to California soon. I'm sad. I'm an East Coast loyalist. I just love these. I'll be back yeah, though. I mean, I'm still like I'm still I'm still career jobless everyone. So, I'm still going to apply to jobs everywhere. Danielle. So, she's freaking amazing. All the work she puts into the podcast, all the social media outreach she does, all the emails, you know, DMs, comments, every like Danielle is on top of it. She's good at personable hard worker so this is my resume and my my sponsorship host danielle is your future employee oh my god i'll use you as a reference in the future that was sweet well, yeah we're we're partners we're podcasting we partners we are podcasting partners and i love you but yeah i'm still gonna apply to jobs in new york and probably nashville and also california we'll see what happens anyway so i have bumble and i have hinge hinge i have set for california the bumble set for new york so we're really dating over here from coast to coast um i'm not really talking to anyone i really downloaded the apps originally to kind of get over someone but now we're out there really trying to actually talk to people um still salty that one hot guy from bu that i matched with didn't didn't message me back That's everyone the worst. like when a hot guy doesn't message you back. it's the yeah. worst it's the worst you want to know why everyone it's the worst because i matched with him on tinder at bu years ago and then i saw him on hinge like whenever like a month or two ago and we matched and we were chatting back and forth like consistently for like an hour 
And then he just stopped answering. And I was like, sir, you matched with me on two apps and just talked to me for an hour. And now you're going to stop answering. I think the deterrent was um, that he lives like technically like an hour and a half away, probably by car. And he probably just wants a quick uh, drive to get to someone. Or he might have put two and two together and realized I came from BU and uh, I know one of his friends that uh, complicated history. So <laughs> that's a conflict of interest. I also think boys are stupid and he doesn't know the worth. But I also think like this is you being optimistically a hopeless romantic question mark that like that for you is a sign and then that for oh him, i definitely like, thought it was a sign well that for him is probably just like oh she's on another app not like oh my god is this a sign okay but who matches with someone on two apps people who have two apps and match with people on two apps oh uh, yeah anyway we're starting <laughs> swiping and sliding away so i'm not really talking to anyone right now but Maybe it'll change. It's hard to get past like the initial conversation because, like, even with my conversations, I kind of forget about them if I'm not actively invested. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I come off um, too jokey in the first time. That <laughs> I will read. Okay, right, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Um, obviously, this person is gonna be anonymous. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um. The screenshot that I sent to you, like my first, I don't know if I sent the screenshot to you. Um, Was it the Pokemon one or something? Yeah. So this person had their face edited to a fire Pokemon. I think it was uh, Charmander, Charizard. Yeah, Charmander, Um, I think. Yeah, and then his his like mouth is (laughs) his mouth is blowing fire, and so I liked the photo, and then he invited me to start the chat. And then I messaged him, does this mean you have fire math skills? That's funny, but also, I think it's funny and stuff, but I also think, like you said, sometimes being a woman on the apps can be like a fine line to tread. And I know this guy reacted positively, but I'd personally be scared saying something like that because then I'd think they'd think I was only there for like DTF sort of purposes. Yeah, that's, and, like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's what I'm worried about is that my sarcastic raunchy somewhat yeah like i know that's how you joke and like that's how i joke too but like on apps i try not to do that because i'm then i'm like they only think i'm here for like a quick hookup but maybe i'm just making assumptions yeah um there's another person that i was talking to well with hinge they said i'm most compatible with this one person and um this is another person but um, I also got a most compatible with the guy that i'm going on a date with so we'll see how that works out but this person I hate asking all the questions and getting like one word bare responses like continue Mm. the conversation please I'm not and I think it makes me annoyed because I think it goes back to this inherent like stereotype of like a woman serving the man where or like feeding their ego and I feel like by me upholding the conversation, asking him questions about oh, himself yeah. and not getting questions about myself, I'm just feeding your ego or making you want to talk mm-hmm. about yourself. And I want to talk about me because I'm a freaking fantastic, funny person, you know? Oh, yeah. You are. And a relationship's a two-way street, and I definitely think that's part of it. And I think guys like yeah. being chased 
and I think that's part of the chase is like you asking all like the female in heterosexual relationship asking all the questions to the guy they feel wanted and desired that you are the one continuing it and then the other part of it is like they just like talking about themselves a lot and I don't even think they recognize sometimes that and it's like do you not want to get to know me at all like yeah you just want me to stroke your ego and that's it like what is what kind of relationship (laughs) is that the dating apps y'all it's a struggle if you have any recommendations for us please let us know because it's rough out there yeah and this is also only one dating app and I kind of like him because I like the photos and the prompts Mm -hmm. um I haven't tried Bumble or Tinder I tried Tinder a while ago but I have never tried Bumble but people tell me Bumble would be right up my alley Bumble feels the same to me as Hinge and the only difference to me is that the girl has to message first and I feel conflicted about that because it's meant to kind of take the creepiness out of guys messaging first and it gives the woman the power but at the same time it's like I feel like that could also I know it's meant to be a good thing for the woman but it also sometimes feels like it could be an ego boost for the guys because then it's like they're waiting for all these girls to message them all the time and they don't have to do anything until the girl messages them first yeah I mean I'm a girl who has no problem messaging people first I think the goal of Bumble was like to empower women which I Mm -hmm. fully support but I think sometimes when maybe this is just the state of gender sex dynamics in our society but uh it's I feel like sometimes it plays into this notion of like to empower one you have to disempower the other which Mm -hmm. I don't think is true necessarily but I think for this point in society like the empowerment of like females and males or non-binary people they're um it's not equitable so it seems like to empower one group, you need, it seems like a disempowerment of the other group, but no, it's just making it more equitable. I don't know. I feel like Bumble can kind of play to that, like, skewed empowerment vibes, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think, you, like, you hit the nail on the head of, like, a like a merging of what we both said is kind of... It's it's basically what I mean. It's basically what anti-feminist being like. Oh, if females become or people who identify as females and non-binary people we have more power, like I'll lose all the power. Yada yada. I'm like, no. We just want equitable resources for all and equitable place in society and equality. You know, like just because we're gaining, we're gaining the power that you've always had. We're reaching up to your level. Because we're on unequal levels. So I'm like, which is good. Which is why I think Bumble is good. Because it makes women feel more empowered. The reason why women need to feel more empowered is because society is so patriarchal. And the fact that women need to be more empowered. And this app is goals to, one, it was created because the founder was experiencing so much sexism and discrimination and harassment in their workplace at Tinder. And the fact that this is even happening and the fact that this app needs to exist to empower women is good but also like the origins of it like just the patriarchy sucks that's yeah. what it is that's really the moral of the story yes yeah. and oh yeah i haven't been on i've been on tinder but i haven't been on it probably since like 
a junior year of college. I've really only been back on Hinge and Bumble, and then the one I've used the most nowadays anyway is Hinge. I like I like the prompts, I like the pictures, and I like that either party could message first, and I like that mm-hmm. you could like comment on the pictures or comment on the prompt. I don't know. The prompts just really get me. Except Danielle brought this uh, this issue. If you are a generic, I don't want to say white guy because I want to generalize, but we're generalizing. Sorry, call me out, hold me accountable. But every like white fratty looking guy has. Oh, The Office is my favorite show. It's this is the bane, the bane of my existence. Everyone, friend, it's Friends, Parks and Rec, or The Office, and they all say it as if they're the most quirky person in the world. As if ninety nine percent of America has not watched those shows before. Yeah, it's like the majority. It's not even white guys. It's like the majority of guys on Hinge all the time, and. Honestly, the only worthwhile show between those three is Parks and Rec is the only one that holds up. I've only watched a few episodes of The Office. I like Friends, whatever, and I'm only seeing a few episodes of Parks and Rec. They're all fine shows, but like, no, don't think Parks you're quirky for liking them because everyone has watched them. The other thing that bothers me, too, is um, there's the prompt where it's like, I'm overly competitive about, and then <sighs> so many guys say everything. And I'm like... <laughs> I hate in general I hate when people give like the vague answers like that because it's like what am I supposed to say about that like you're you're on a dating app like you're supposed to like give something for people to get a feel for you and your vibe and saying something like a one-word answer or something so broad like everything how are you supposed to work with that and two being overly competitive about everything is kind of a turnoff it is a giant turnoff it just says something about your masculinity that you're not comfortable with that you're you've socialized to intake this competitive nature that men are grown to be good at everything yeah and it's also like it's this dominance thing that too that's socialized into men and i'm like not here for it the only thing you should be overly competitive for is my love and affection literally someone should put that in their prompt i've seen some people be like say things like oh like you or like but like also like i'm not a like the the also the notion like you have to compete for love like it's some sort of transaction some sort of like reward or prize like no it's like a mutually agreed upon thing you know oh yeah i don't like any of these answers on these apps where it like treats their I mean if you're there for like a hookup I guess that's whatever but some of the answers like the everything thing or there's all the there's just some answers that come off as so cocky and I'm like Ugh. yeah um anyway yeah so we'll keep you updated with dating life relationship Stuff, and we have more book content coming soon. Um, like we said, we're in pre-production of season 1B. We're going to take a little two-week break on the podcast episodes to, you know, we're trying to... Recharge? Yeah, a little recharge, a little self-care, a little planning of season 1B. And we're, we're so excited. I'm so excited for the stuff that's coming up. Oh my god, we're so excited. I don't want to be like, we're working hard over here. We're we chugging. Are. Work. 
we're chugging we're working hard uh if y'all can't tell we've been upping the tiktok game oh yeah still. instagram we're trying to be more active we're almost we're so close i can taste 100 followers i can taste it let me see so- let me check okay right now we're at 98 followers and we have 253 lessons on anchor you know i, I think, think it's a 255 now um, i checked earlier oh wait hold on i have it right here um let's oh yeah 255 and 98 followers we our tiktok game is lacking a little bit we're at 34 followers on tiktok but you know if you like this podcast i assume you'll like what we post on social media which will still be you know coming up with content on there while we're taking a break with the podcast so um follow our instagram at danny and izzy or in our tiktok at danny and izzy and danielle why where can they email us oh my gosh y'all can email us at danny and izzy at gmail.com d-a-n-i-a-n-d-i-z-z-i-e at gmail.com hit us up with anything yeah. We love to hear from you. It's so fun when we get comments or likes back or DMs or we love interacting with y'all and fangirling about books or literally anything. So Yeah. And um coming with the next season, we are on Reader League, which we mentioned earlier, which is an alternate review platform from Goodreads because Goodreads is owned by Amazon and as much as Amazon can be useful to some people, it is very detrimental to independent bookstores and some people in the independent bookstore community. Um, and Goodreads is owned by the Amazon. So we are trying to steer away from Goodreads platform and we we just got invited to use Readerly. So we're setting that up. We have our first little gist on Readerly, which is fun. Yeah, it's called the gist instead of like a summary. It's it looks like a really fun platform. It's more than just not that I have anything against the Goodread format because I've been using it for years. But it's very much like the you say you read the book, you give a little star rating, you give a little summary review thing, and then you read everybody else's review that puts it on blast or that they loved it whereas on readerly there's like a whole section for quotes like little character descriptions the gist is kind of like a fun little tagline you give for the book and there's there's a space for like themes and content warnings and all of that that isn't available on goodreads which i really appreciate um I'm, i'm obsessed I love it. I think it's cute. Yeah. Also, the name Readerly is super cute. We also want them to sponsor. We're, yeah, we, We're we love a good sponsorship from a product or business or something that we love. But uh, on that note, yeah, follow us, hit us up. We'll miss you in the meantime. We hope you miss us. Uh, but that's all for tonight. So, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>